You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. If you are brand speaking new to the podcast, welcome. If you are a long time listener, so good to have you back. So in this episode today, we are going to talk about what to do if somebody else already has taken your business idea and if it's already out into the world and if you feel like perhaps you can't create that thing or sell that thing because somebody is already doing it and your business idea already exists. So in this episode, I'm going to kind of debunk some myths around this and explain to you why that's so not true and you totally can go do that thing that you want to do and even if somebody else is already doing it, it doesn't mean that you can't. So I want to give you some of my time-tested tips on overcoming this because, you know, this comes up so frequently with my private coaching clients or my students or my members and my membership. This is just such a common feeling to have. So don't worry if you feel this way. We are going to work on it in this episode. P.S. Before we dive in, I want to ask you if you know what your zone of genius is. And if you don't, come take my totally free quiz called What's Your Zone of Genius? So if you want to know what your superpowers are and how to stand out online and build a digital business that is so different from the sea of folks selling selling similar stuff to you online, the key secret is to figure out your genius and monetize it. So in this quiz, I'm going to be telling you what your genius type is based on 13 little fun questions. And as a result, I'm going to give you a free five-page report that breaks down what your zone of genius is, how you can monetize it, what you can sell based on your genius type, and most importantly, how you could be making 10K months with it. So if you want my free quiz that over 5,000 people have taken, you can go to kellytrack.com slash genius. That's kellytrack.com slash genius. All right, so let's talk about this. You want to start something, you feel like somebody's already doing it out there in the world, and you're like, oh my God, can I do this too? You know, I had this exact same feeling because I used to look at people online and think, Jesus, not only are they doing it, but they're doing it really, really well. And like, who's ever going to buy something from me or want to learn from me or buy my course or hire me as their coach or buy my ebook if other people are doing similar stuff and they are New York Times number one best-selling authors or they have been on Oprah or, you know, maybe they haven't been on Oprah, but they have over 10,000 followers on Instagram. You know this feeling and it's such a common feeling. So don't feel bad if you have this feeling. I had this feeling when I was starting my business and you are so normal if you feel this way. So my very first tip for you, if you feel like you want to do something, but other people are already doing it and you feel like your business idea is taken, I want to just remind you about this. You know, when somebody's already doing something in the marketplace uh, and it's already established, it's actually a good thing because that means that you have uh, an established market. When people are bringing new concepts to the world, it's actually harder to break into it. So say for example, um, let's look at the iPod. The very first time the iPod came out, this was a brand new concept, right? Before we had like CD Walkmans, but this concept and the way Steve Jobs pitched it was a thousand songs in your pocket. This was like a brand new item. Like nobody had ever done this in technology. If you were just in the business of selling more CD Walkmans, it's actually easier to get traction on your product in the early days because people already knew what the CD Walkman was. 
you know, when people were saying, oh, iPod, people were like, what the heck is that? Oh, a thousand songs in your pocket? Like, how does that work? So when you're just starting out in your business, it's actually good if there's already an established market. Because if there's an established market of, you know, companies selling CD Walkmans, then you know that there's people buying these CD Walkmans. So it's actually a good sign if there are competitors or if you have people in your space doing similar work to you, that means that there is an established market and there's market awareness. When you're bringing new products into the future and bringing brand new things people have never seen before, like the iPod, um, it's, it's a way more of a harder approach because there is this curve. Oh my gosh, let's see if I can remember what this name of this curve is from business school. Oh, I want to say it's product innovation curve. Ooh, let me, let me Google this. Okay. I was slightly wrong. Product adoption curve. Okay. I knew I was right. I knew there was a curve in there and I, I knew there was something <laughs> I can visualize it, but so there's a curve of how people adopt to new products and it's a slower start at the beginning when you're introducing something, right? And then it'll build over time. But if people already know that, you know, you're selling CD Walkmans and that's already been a product that's been for sale. People are like, okay, cool. CD Walkman. Then they'll have a faster adoption, right? Right. Because it's that habit and that product and that understanding of what that is, is already built into the marketplace versus being like, I have this brand new thing and it's called the iPod. So I want to actually change this mindset around for you. If you see people already doing it, that means it is actually a good idea. And if they're making a lot of money and they are very successful, it means it's a really good idea. Now let's take, for example, in my book proposal, which was what I had created to pitch to my agent and what my agent sent to uh, publishing houses. One of the sections in the book proposal was the comparative market market analysis, where I had to break down, I listed five books that are similar to mine. And I had to say, hey, these are similar authors or similar themes. And my book is going to be kind of similar to these. But based on the sales that these books did, it showcases that my book has a potential to do the same amount of sales as well. This is really important because if other people in your industry are doing really well, that means that you totally can do it too. That means that there is a need for this kind of information or material. And the same thing goes when I was pitching my book. I was like, hey, here's five other books that are similar. And some of these books had sold, you know, over 500,000 copies or 2 million copies, or people on the back end were making like 50 million a year from the sale of their thing. And I was like, hey, like, look, this is profitable. This is a profitable idea. And this is a great tip for you too. So when you see people already doing it and they're very successful, just remind yourself like, hey, my intuition is right on the money. I'm actually right in the right spot. I'm doing the right thing. And look, I have great ideas. And if other people are doing it, it means I can do it too. I want you to look at competition and quote unquote, your competitors as like, you know, as Lacey Phillips would say, expanders and proof that you can do it too. And because other people are doing it, that means you can do it too. It does not mean you have to stop. I want you to have this aha moment. If you want to do something and somebody's already doing it, do not take this as a sign to stop. That is ludicrous. You do not need to do that. I'm going to give you some more reasons why you shouldn't, but I want you to actually be like, Hey, I'm actually really smart because that means that my idea has the potential to be successful. I've had several ideas that have ended up becoming very successful, uh, successful, but ones I didn't produce. So one of my early startup ideas back in the olden day with my business was a subscription platform of a whole foods meets Costco, uh, thing where you're bringing organic food, um, that is more accessible. And I wanted to do like a sort of like an online thing where you have like a, a membership that you're paying for, like a Costco, but you're getting, you know, um, 
rates for yeah shelf-stable goods at wholesale prices. Now, if you are listening to this and you are, have a thought about this, this is actually this is the same business model as Thrive Market. Thrive Market has done extremely well. Um, and this was an idea I had I had back in the day. And uh, Thrive Market ended up doing it, and that's totally fine. But um, this was one of my ideas. I mean, I could have said, oh my God, like, look at me. Like, oh, I should have done my idea earlier. I could have been first to market. Like, look at me. I'm so like stupid because I should have done this and look how successful Thrive Market was. No, I don't ever say that. I was like, hey, hey, good job, Kelly. Like you were right on the money there. Like good idea. So the next time you see somebody who has quote unquote taken your business idea and run with it and made it successful. I don't want you to feel bummed. I actually want you to congratulate yourself on being an innovator and being smart and being creative and having an eye for a vision and a dream. I have had several other ideas that have gone on to be successful in terms of people who've created things that, you know, I, I had, you know, one of my early ideas after business school was actually creating rain jackets that are hundred percent waterproof. Um, and like as high performance as like an Arcteryx jacket, but meeting with a really beautiful design of like a trench coat, um, something like as beautiful as something you would buy from like Club Monaco for like 500 bucks. Um, and I really wanted to kind of create a gorgeous raincoat. And that was a great idea too. There's other companies in that kind of space now. I, I don't want to get into that business at all because I know nothing about products uh, and fashion and e-commerce. I know absolutely zero, but that was a good idea I had. And other people have gone on to do things like that. And I don't get mad at myself being like, oh, dang, I missed out. I'm so stupid. I'm like, great. I was on trend one more time. I've had many, many examples of this. Um, but I want you to do the same thing in your life too. When you see people doing it and rocking it and successful, congratulate yourself on being, being smart and having this incredible eye for vision and possibility and opportunity. So that's tip number one, you know, understanding that people who are already doing it means that there is a marketplace for it. And it means that you can totally do it too. My second tip is that nobody is going to do it just like you. This is so important. Everybody is different. We all have our own unique genius. We all have our own unique gifts and abilities, and we all have our own unique thumbprints. And I really believe our genius is as unique as our thumbprint. And the way in which we do things is so unique to just us. You know, I am, um, here's an example. We can look at three different talk shows. We can look at uh, Dr. Phil's talk show. We can look at Oprah Winfrey's old talk show. We can look at the Maury show. We can look at the Ellen DeGeneres talk show. These were all talk shows, right? Um, these were all people that had talk shows. And we could say that, you know, these are all similar because they're talk shows. But you're like, no, uh, no, they're not. Like uh, Ellen and Oprah and like Dr. Phil and um, Maury <laughs> doing the Maury show. What was the other one? Oh, Jerry Springfield or Jerry Springer. That was it. Jerry Springer. Those are all very different shows, right? In the same way, an Ellen DeGeneres episode is going to be very different from like a, you know, Maury or Jerry, Jerry uh, Springer show where they bring on like crazy things and people like fight on the stage. <laughs> they technically are all talk shows, but the way in which each show is different is totally different because the host is different, right? In the same way, like Ellen and Oprah are different. They're both great, but they're different. And you can't really compare the two because you're like, it's like comparing apples and oranges. Like they're both awesome in their own way. Same thing goes with you. So when you're like, oh, I can't do it because other people are doing it. You got to remember, it's like Ellen and Oprah. They're both awesome. Um, you know, it's not like you guys are 
really can truly be compared on a similar level because you guys both bring information and fun and, um, you know, uh, entertainment in very different ways. So just remember that nobody is going to do it like you. And the way in which you do it is going to be very unique to you. And even if you think, you know, the Oprah Winfrey show is the absolute best show in the world and you'll never be able to beat it. And you know, you want to have your own talk show. If you do your own talk show, it's going to be amazing in its own way. There is truly no like competition. Competition is such a thing we get taught in school, but in the real world, when we lean into the abundance mindset, we realize that we're all like awesome in our own way and we cannot compare ourselves to other people in the same way Ellen and Oprah can't really compare each other to each other because they're both great in their own way. So you got to remember the way in which you do your project and the way in which you bring it to life and the way you bring your business idea to life is going to be totally different than the other people who are doing similar things. So say, for example, here's actually a true example. I am going to still keep this private because I'm still going to do this at some point, but I have, uh, I had a very clear idea of a TV show I wanted to pitch and I saw something on Netflix that was very similar to it. Now I could get all weird and be like, oh, well, this is already up on Netflix, so I can't do this. And that's so not true. I was talking to Christy Bartelt, my, uh, my mentor about this back in January of 2020. And she was like, Kelly, she's like, your, your show would be like totally different. She was just like, it would probably be like this and this and this. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. It would be totally different. Same thing goes for you. Nobody's going to do it like you. Even if you think that you are selling the exact same, you know, course on life coaching or the exact same package on graphic design or the exact same, um, you know, call for tarot readings, the way in which you read tarot cards for your clients is going to be so much different than the way in which other people read tarot for their clients. The way in which you design a website would be different than the way somebody else designs a website. The way that, you know, you help somebody navigate a situation or set a boundary with their family as life coach would be different than how somebody else would in their coaching practice. So you got to remember that nobody's going to do it just like you. The third thing I'm going to tell you is this. This is really important. You know, sometimes we get, you know, we look at people online and we really, really put them on a pedestal and we think this is the absolute way to do it. This is the gold star. This is the gold standard. Everybody buys this. Everybody knows this person. They're a household name. This is the way it is. Let me tell you this. There are people that don't want that. There are people that don't like the main person who's selling it. Let me repeat that again. There are people out there that don't like the main person that's selling it. And not as in like, we don't like you as a person, but in the sense where it's maybe not catered to their learning style, or they don't want to build the business in that exact way. Or maybe they don't, you know, want to spend that long learning how to do it. Or maybe they don't want to, um, you know, maybe it's not catered enough to their certain situation or their idea, or maybe they don't, you know, have that time slot free in their calendar when that person's offering that course or that coaching package, or, you know, there's just barriers. And this is something we need to realize, you know, I learned this pretty fast because I remember back in the day. So I, there's certain, there's certain authors I just love and I will read their books a million times over. And the top two ladies is uh, Jensen Chero and Danielle Laporte. Those, these are like my long-term idolized women. I, I absolutely love both of them and I love them equally. There is no one that is higher than the other. I, I have followed both of their work very devoutly for years. I followed Danielle Laporte's work for longer. I've been following her since business school. So, um, I remember the very first time I looked at the reviews on Amazon for people who had reviewed Jensen Shiro's books and Danielle Laporte's books. Now, 
I will say, Jensen Chero's You Are a Badass of Making Money and Danielle Laporte's The Desire Map are my top two favorite books. And you know what? There are people who have given them one star. In my eyes, these women can do no wrong. These women to me are total geniuses. I praise every single word that is in their books. I love them very deeply. They've really helped me in great, great ways. And I remember being floored when I saw people rate their books as a one star because I think, what the heck? Like, are you sure we read the same book? Like, there is so much value here. Like, holy moly. This is what I mean. You know, the main person who is at the top of the charts or selling that course or the main person that's always on Oprah or whatever, not everybody's going to like them. And that's totally fine because everybody's different. And, you know, in a good, strong market, there's many competitors, right? This market is not a monopoly of just, you know, one person selling one thing and this is the only thing you can buy. If it's not this, you can't have anything else. You know, or a sign of a good market is lots of players, right? Think of it like cars, you know, you know, there's a million different cars that you could buy and, you know, you might be like, oh my God, I absolutely love the Ford. Well, you know, there's going to be people that don't want the Ford and want to get a Toyota, Right. You know, there's going to be people that don't like Fords or Toyotas and they want something electric and they want like a Tesla or there's going to be people that don't want a Tesla and they want an electric BMW. Like a good market means that there's going to be lots of different companies making cars and lots of different choices, right? Different cars, SUV, sedan, electric, non-electric, um, sports car, a uh, family car, a van. How about one of those like Mercedes like sprinters, like the mini kind of van? Maybe this is like an RV. Maybe this is a motorcycle. Maybe this is like, you know, some sort of other thing. Maybe this is bicycles. The bicycle's not in the competitive set, but you know what I mean. In a strong market and in a strong economy, there's a lot of selection, right? Because buyers are unique. Everybody is different and everybody wants something different in a car. You know, say for example, you live somewhere where it's snowy and you need a car that has four-wheel drive. Well, that's going to be very different from the person who lives in like the south of Italy and just wants like a little red Vespa to scoot around in to get some, you know, nice fresh fresh fish from the market when it's open in the morning. This is why it, it doesn't matter if other people are doing it because you can't compare the consumer who lives in like the middle of Canada and needs a, you know, a four wheel drive car to get through the snow to the person who lives in Italy and needs a little Vespa. They're totally different, right? So you can't compare yourself to other people who are doing stuff online and say, I, I can't, they're already doing it because there's going to be customers out there that want to hear in your way. And it's like, if the car that was available was only the four-wheel drive car that was available for the weather conditions of a Canadian winter. You know, the people in Italy who just want a Vespa, they don't really need that car. So you got to remember this, you know, the people who are selling it and the main people who are selling stuff and making things, they're not the only people, right? And there's going to be people that don't want that. There's going to be people that for example, like I said, don't like the way Chen Sincero or Daniela Laporte wrote their books, even though I love it. So we might be putting these people on a pedestal that we see online when in fact, we got to remember that consumers have different needs. And that's just like, that's not even our fault. That's just like human nature. And we cannot cater to everybody in the same way. My podcast is not for everybody, but my specific corner of the internet, it's perfect for you. I think this is such an empowering point of view because I'll tell you this, I get a lot of students and a lot of clients who have bought courses on business from many other, I would say, people who do comparative work to me in the space, names that you would know. Um, but they've said, hey, I've taken their stuff and it wasn't 
you know, good enough or it wasn't really supporting me or I needed more help on this and your work really resonated with me. And that's no knock against um, my fellow business coaches out there. It's just that consumers are different and you got to not be like, oh, well, just because so-and-so has this amazing course or so-and-so has this huge YouTube channel, I can't do it. Con- consumers are, are going to need different things, right? So you just got to remember that there's going to be people out there who don't like what the main person is is selling, right? And they need some some different solution to their problem. So those are my top three reasons why it doesn't matter if people are already doing your business idea. I'm going to repeat these for you one more time. So the very first one is if people are already doing it, that means this is actually a good thing. It's a sign that there is a market here. There is consumer awareness about the product. And this is the difference between introducing the iPod for the very first time versus the CD Walkman. You will have a higher rate of adoption in the beginning if people already know what you do. So it's good if people are already doing similar things to you. Number two, remember, nobody will do it just like you in the same way that the Ellen DeGeneres show is different from the Oprah Winfrey show. Both are great shows. You cannot compare them together because they're like apples and oranges, right? Nobody's going to do it exactly like you. And even though we can say, you know, Oprah and Ellen are both talk show hosts, they're different in the same way you will be different from the other coaches, teachers, mentors, counselors, consultants, uh, service providers, course creators out there, right? You're going to be different. In the same way, talk show hosts like Jerry Springer and Maury are different from each other, even though they are similar, they're still different. Apples and oranges. And three, the third thing I want to leave you with is, you know, there's going to be people out there that don't want the main, main person's core offering, right? There's going to be people out there who, you know, need something different for their needs. Not everybody needs the car to get through the Canadian winter. Some people just want a Vespa. Every single consumer is different. So don't get caught up in the lie that there's only one person at the top. This person has the best thing in the entire world. Everybody's going to want to learn from them. No, consumers have different needs. You've got to remember that. All right, my friends. So those are the top three reasons that you know, when other people are doing your business idea, it doesn't matter. And I just wanted to pass this along to you today. I hope this resonated for you. I hope this was supportive for you in your business building journey. And P.S. If you do want to dive deeper into your zone of genius, come take my free quiz at kellytrack.com genius. That's kellytrack.com genius. All right, my friends, that is the show for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. I so enjoy having you here. If you really love this episode, it really does me a huge favor if you leave me a five-star review and a couple of kind words that always helps um, me in terms of, you know, staying in the charts on Apple Podcasts and of course, getting great guests on the show for you when they see all of your rave reviews. So thank you so much if you've left a review in the past. If you want to leave one, if you want to have some good karma in your day, uh, you'll get instant good karma if you leave me a review for the show. So drop me a couple of stars and I'd absolutely love to uh, hear what you have to say and all of your kind words. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here and I'll catch you back here soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon.